Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. So it's week three, week three of five. We're doing this thing called the Beatitudes, um, living the Beatitudes, blessed living the Beatitudes, we're calling it. It's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is um, teaching that if you went into, you know, kind of your average pub or your average conversation, there'd be teaching of the Sermon on the Mount that people would know and understand because it's part of who and what we are as society, the the teachings of Jesus. It's um, very simple. It's very memorable. And it's harder to do, perhaps, than we would think about it. It's easy to be glib with it, um, but it can be a difficult thing to outwork. And so over these five weeks, starting a couple of weeks ago with an introduction, and then two by two by two by two, we're looking uh, each day at um, two of the Beatitudes that Jesus taught, eight of them in all. And so we kicked off last week um, by looking at the poor in spirit and blessed those who mourn. And today we're, we're in the process of looking at, um, at the meek. Uh, and tonight, um, Jackie Lloyd will be looking at the whole idea of blessed um, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And um, it's an invitation, I guess, for us. It's like, it'll be really easy just to do, to do a message that says, you know, Blessed are the meek, there's a definition of the meek, we need to be more meek. Um, But I think it's an invitation to something deeper than that. It's an invitation to embrace what Jesus is talking about, what what the, the, I I guess, this radical new idea of life and living that Jesus is is introducing us to, uh, and to making this a part of our life. And so we're inviting you, encouraging you, not just to, well, you know, I come to the morning so I can do the the first, third, fifth, and seventh beatitude, but but to be part of the whole series. Come again tonight. It would be fantastic to see you. Or listen to it on our website from um, uh, Tuesday it goes up, or on Facebook Live if you can't tonight. Welcome to those who are on our Facebook Live um, cast today. Uh, and be part of it. Allow it to seep in. Allow it to get past the, the head and into the heart. I think that would be a success in terms of our series. And so we've been through those first few verses and we come today to Matthew 5, 5. And Matthew 5, 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I just want you to kind of look at that or or you can close your eyes and think about that. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And I I just wonder as as we kind of kick off, as we get warmed up, any reactions to that, any thoughts about that, any instinctive responses to that? They can be positive or negative. They can be, you know, kind of just a, a query or a deep thought. Any, anybody? Countercultural. There's a, there's a great, a great word, great thought. What else? What, what's that? Definition? What, is, what the heck does meek mean? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's, a, that's a good one too. What else? What does it mean to inherit? What does that look like? I'm doing this at the beginning of it because if because if we did it at the end of the message and you asked all those questions, I'd be a bit discouraged. So, oh. <laughs> I did my best. What else? Anything? Anything else come to mind? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What does what does it mean to inherit the earth? What does that mean? Yep, might might even get to that with a bit of luck. 
So in a different translation, it goes like this. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. It's kind of an interesting take on it as well. Any, any kind of, again, instinctive responses to that? Does that help? Does that hinder? Um, you know, kind of what does that bring out of you, if indeed anything? It's more words to take in, isn't it? Okay, we're finding out a true perspective of what's important. It's hard to me, Mac. Oh, I think it is. <laughs> We're going to have to wrestle, aren't we? We're going to have to work with this thing. It's not just, you know, kind of, could you be a bit more meek tomorrow? Jesus will be happy, and then we can move through to the next one after that. This is going to search us. This is going to challenge us along the way. As we move on, uh, uh, just a couple of important words that I want to introduce you to. A uh, Greek word, praus, um, which, is, which is what we translate meek in Matthew 5.5. 5. It's, a, it's a word often used in the military. It's a word used in the taming of horses. So meek in the taming of horses is a, a concept that we will come to as we go. Um, uh, the word anava is the Hebrew word that is often translated meek, uh, and it can be translated uh, poor, meek, or humble. And so in Numbers 12.3, Moses is described as a very humble or meek man, more humble or meek than anyone else on the face of the earth. This is the word anava that's being used there. So, so there's the sort of a, a different thread that's coming through in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, meekness is often defined, and if you've heard a message on meekness before, you, you may well have heard it defined as strength under control. And I've thought about this a lot. I'm, I'm sort of, there's a, there's a bit of the rebellious side of me as I don't don't want to take sort of the normal thing that everybody does, but I actually really like that as a as a definition, as a as a working definition of what meekness might be. Um, and so the this breaking of a horse imagery, or or the or to bring if we bring back that Greek Greek word praos, um, is not of course to break it physically or not to break its spirit, but to channel its strength and energy into a positive direction. Is to is to bring it so that it so that it can take everything that it's um, that it's been blessed with that has been that has been created um, you know kind of with the capacity to do and bring it into perfect harmony and I like that thought of being strengthened under control of what Jesus is wanting to do for us and I think it is a, a fair thing for us to think about because we're all strong you know we don't feel strong always but we are all strong and meekness doesn't invite us to, to lay aside our strength. We're all strong. We have all great ability to help or to hurt. We have great ability to build up or to break down. And meekness is a thing that allows us to channel that strength that we have, to, 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 um, to, to find um, the strength and energy that we have and to move it in a positive direction. I'm scared of horses. Um, uh, it's sort of uh, I've had I've had a couple of bad experiences with horses. One of the one of the one of the scariest moments of my life, and this is going to sound kind of vaguely ridiculous, um, was on the was on the I was going to say the top of the ho- top of a horse. It's like I'm not very good at this, am I? On the back of a is, is that a back? Yeah, yeah. It was on the back of a horse. So some friends of ours they they moved out of the city, moved up near Helensville, had a little farm plot 
had a horse, because that's what you do when you go to places like that, I guess. So we go up, you know, unsuspecting me, do you want to have a ride on the horse? I say, oh, I love a ride on the horse sort of thing. Oh, I like to think that, you know, kind of I could go, you know, giddy up and, and, and we'd giddy up and kind of whoa and we'd whoa, you know, kind of thing. I've seen it. I've done it. I was on the back of the horse. My mother, you know, my, from a farming background, my, my mother and grandfather and all of that. So anyway, I get on this horse and this horse clearly doesn't like me. Um, or maybe it's something about me and it, and the horse is only in a kind of a you know kind of a yard, maybe this big. It's kind of like, but but it's getting jittery, and it's kind of it's and sort of it seems like it's moving backwards, and I end up with my legs sort of you know being pressed not terribly terribly, but against the railing of the fence, and and I'm getting I'm getting edgy. It is so high when you're on a horse. Most people have been on a horse, I'm sure. You know, some some people have ridden horses. Eh, Kim? It's, like, it's just like yeah. Some people are horse women in our in our midst. Um, and, um, and, and, and the, the owner's saying, just relax. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you have no idea what's happening here in my head. Just relax. It's a, you know, you know, good boy, you know, you know, I can't think of a horse's name, you know, kind of, if it was a dog, it'd be Rover, wouldn't it? But, you know, good Ned, you know, good Ned. Just Relax. And I'm thinking, you know, there is a thing with strength that's not under my control at all. And it just seems to have the potential to do incredible harm. You know, I'm sure it wasn't the most dangerous thing I've ever done in my life, but it was one of the most unsettling things that I've ever done in my life. And the sense of, you know, kind of a, we, we all have strength. And the invitation to meekness, the call to meekness, is to bring that strength under control, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, under the control of God. Um, submit it to um, Jesus, I guess, and to be inspired by Jesus who is meek. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is about retaining your strength without exercising it as power over others in an in an uh, you know kind of a, an appropriate way. Meekness is not weakness. You know Moses, who is called weak in Exodus twelve three is the same Moses who went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, who led the children of Israel through the desert and towards the promised land. Meekness isn't weakness. Jesus, who described himself, didn't he, as gentle, meek, and humble in heart, um, confronted religious leaders when necessary, um, um, confronted and rebuked his own disciples when necessary. He welcomed those who everybody said he shouldn't welcome, but he was able to stay, um, you know, kind of keep his strength under control in that process. He was able to endure torture and death in his meekness. And yet we kind of celebrate and recognize, you know, this riding into Jerusalem on a donkey on Palm Sunday towards his crucifixion as the ultimate of taking, you know, instead of riding on a horse, but riding on, on the humblest of animals. This is our Jesus who inspires us and leads us in these things. Strength under control. Strength under control. How's your meekness going? How, how are you in meekness? Have you ever thought of it? Is it? Is it something that crosses your mind from time to time? What a contrast. I think meekness is what Jesus is saying. Almost as big a contrast as you could think of with what we see in the world today. You think international politics. It seems it's like our day of, of kind of the, the, um, you know, the strong man. You know, it usually is a man, but the strong person. 
you know, kind of who is in charge, whether you're in the so-called free world or communist world or emerging world and things like that. It seems like it's the day, really, of people who are, are domineering, I think, you know, sort of who are, who are aggressive, who are harsh, you know, a- attempting to dominate the earth um, and establish, maybe you could say, their own kingdoms if you use sort of biblical language. Um, or our corporations, which have, you know, sort of incredible influence on the lives that we lead, which are, which are maybe not nameless, but probably often faithless and, 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 and often rapacious, you know, that, that, that we live under. Well, you know, kind of a, the, the sort of evidence to say that the gap between rich and poor is closing, but I, my hunch is that the, the actual gap, in financial terms, it may be closing, but the but the gap between the haves and the have-nots seems to me to be as distant as it's ever been, you know, around. And in that, into that 2,000 years ago and into that today, Jesus says, blessed are the meek. You're going you're gonna to have to learn something different. It's going to have to do this in a different way if you're going to live the way that I want you to live, which is an incredible challenge to us. Interestingly, meekness is the first of the Beatitudes that we encounter that actually is more about how I relate to you than how I relate internally. So last week we talked about the poor in spirit. That's something internal in a sense. Uh, and we talked about those who mourn. Obviously, it's our process of being in that, in that. And so have a listen to Calvin last Sunday morning and, and my message last week, uh, last Sunday night on, 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 um, on those two areas. But, but meekness by definition is how we respond to others and how we choose to assert ourselves um, in our relationship with others and particularly how we assert ourselves in relation to people of whom we have some authority over or maybe some power over or some ability to make a difference or, 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 you know, kind of it's how we display our strength under control. So I want you to think because meekness is not easy to, you know, I've, I've found this great clip and this is meekness. You know, I do like that horse clip. But I want you just to think about a confrontation that you might have had, maybe even this week or you know, at some stage, and I, I want to—I want you to just think about because, and, and I'm sure all of us will immediately think of something, something that happens. And I want you to think about in that confrontational area, you know, whether you receive meekness, because confrontation is something that we all have to do from time to time. You know, kind of it's, you know, kind of sort of when we rub up against each other, there is, there is friction that takes place. But I want you to just think about, you know, kind of have, what is your recent experience in sort of difficult situations of experiencing meekness? Would you have experienced meekness or would you have experienced something of a domination or something like that? And then, and then think about, because I think meekness is probably something that we know instinctively whether we received it or not, a bit like kindness perhaps. Or, you know, kind of, I know that that person said some hard things, but they were kind. You know if somebody's kind. And I think meekness is a bit like that. But then you've got to kind of do the other side of it as well and sort of think, well, what about a confrontational situation where you were, you know, kind of maybe the person who was saying something and did you exhibit meekness in that process, strength under control, or maybe the strength lose control? How, how would you relate to some of those things when you think about that? Have you been meek? Or we translate it in other ways, have you been gentle? Have you been humble in those things? And how would you do it differently in the, in the, in the light of Matthew 5.5? 5? Because blessed are the meek. You know, kind of this is what we really want you to be, Jesus says. This, this is the, the people that I'm fashioning you to be is a people who are meek. And how would you like it to have been done differently to you? 
would be a challenging thing, I think, for us as we consider. And so if you take this kind of literally, meekness is more important than being right. We place a great value on being right. But you know, Jesus in 5.5 seems to be saying, I'd rather you were meek than I'd rather you were, than, than be right. Or meekness is more important than being recognized. We place a great value on being recognized. You know, kind of you, you need to know that I'm the senior pastor of this place. You need to know that, you know, because it's really important. <laughs> but meekness is more important than being recognized. Meekness is more important than being successful. And lots of other things that we treasure, it seems, if we kind of look at Jesus, because blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. We might think that if we could only be right, if we could only be successful, if we could only be recognized, we would inherit the earth. That's what we're chasing after. And Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. That's a great challenge. And Jesus will go on in the Sermon on the Mount, he'll say in Matthew 7, 12, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Or again in the message, it says, here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. You know, what an incredible thing, what a challenge. The sermon, we sometimes call that the golden rule. You know, it's not all about, you know, kind of I should have been treated like this. It's like, you know, kind of you think how you should have been treated and then you treat that person or you treat everybody or whatever. Yeah, this, is, this is the way that we live. This is the, the, the challenging thing that we enter when we look at the Beatitudes in more than just a I want to be a little bit more meek kind of way. Or Matthew 5.38, Jesus says, you know, kind of it's, it's, it's right that you should be able to claim an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I got this other idea is that you just turn the other cheek someone strikes you on one cheek, you turn the other cheek. And all of a sudden, this thing gets very real. And all of a sudden, this thing gets very, I guess, difficult. And then Paul develops the whole theme. He urges us to put on compassion, kindness, meekness in, in Colossians 3.12. This putting on seems important. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's an ongoing commitment. It's also impossible, isn't it? When you think about it, because we, because we leak, because we bleed, because we do react, because it's not that easy. Or maybe it's not impossible, but it's only possible, I think we can say, if we, if we go deep in the Beatitudes, by letting ourselves be filled by God, who is meek, by Jesus, who is meek, by Holy Spirit, who will be wanting us to lead us towards meekness and to that um, style of life. All the Beatitudes that we're going to read, they're graces, they're not laws. You know, they're not sort of, you know, I'm going to tick you off in those things. But we can only nail them. We can only grow in them. We can only find them and discover them by constantly being loved into meekness by our relationship with God. We won't do it by a, a determination, you know, kind of I am determined from now on I'm going to be a meek person. It's not going to work. But when we connect with Jesus, when our lives are energized by the Holy Spirit, when we're, when we are con we're relating to the Father, we can know that these things will grow a bit like the fruit of the Spirit of Galatians 5. You know, kind of those, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, all of those things. What a significant and incredible thing it is. And it's important, of course, to be meek because it says the meek will inherit the earth. Except we don't really care about that because meek people wouldn't care what they're going to inherit. Eh? Meek people wouldn't say, oh, well, I want to be meek because I'm going to get something out of it because that's not very meek, is it? But nevertheless, Jesus suggests that we'll probably inherit the earth along the way, so we should explore that. So it's a quote from Psalm 37, 11, where he says to the children of Israel in their, in their d d I don't know, distress 
at losing and uh, losing, you know, kind of their their home. And he says, the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. That's what he's starting to. And so this is this is kind of difficult. It's, it's hard to figure out what this inheriting the earth thing is all about. So the New Testament theologian Scott McKnight, he believes a first century Jew would have heard these words like this. That 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 um, the the promise is a promise of shalom, peace in the land that God has promised to them, and 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 that that would be extrapolated out in two ways. Firstly, peace internally and peace externally. So one of the inheritances it seems is an internal peace, the shalom thing that takes place with inside us. We will inherit peace and forgiveness and inner calm, that humility and meekness will trump harshness and pride in our lives, in our uh, in internal um, being. Uh, in in um, the, the great Russian writer Dostoevsky's um, uh, uh, work, The Brothers Karamazov, there's a, a wise priest, Father Zazima, and he says, at some thoughts, one stands perplexed, especially at the sight of men's sin and wonders, whether one should use force or humble love. And he says always decide to use humble love. If you resolve on that once and for all, you may subdue the whole world. There is something about meekness that is going to create something in your interior world and therefore in the exterior world that we're around. He goes on, loving humility is marvelously strong, which is great to bring our strength um, uh, under control. The strongest of all things, and there is nothing else like it. So there's this internal peace, this internal inheritance, it seems, that God or Jesus is leading us towards. And then there's, a, then there's a broader inheritance, though, because it also does speak clearly to those who have been abused or those who have been ripped from or taken from or, or you know, kind of some, some sort of disservice has been done to. And it's also, therefore, surely a promise of redress and justice so when we've been wronged, it seems that meekness is an invitation forward, a response of what we can do. And I think we would all sit here today and know that there are things for which we have been wronged. And probably we could all say, if we were honest, and we probably would be, there are, there are things that we have wronged others in as well. But meekness is a response. And so whether it be over something that's tangible, you know, and I wonder about, you know, kind of even in our own country, which we feel is, you know, sort of, you know, quite harmonious in some ways. But as we wrestle with things like, you know, land confiscation and, and, and being a bicultural nation and all of that, I, I wonder what Matthew 5, 5 would speak into some of the decisions and the processes that we do. Blessed are the meek, for that will restore something along the way. And I sort of not don't say that in a political, it should be this or it should be this side or that side, but but what an incredible invitation of God to be even in our processes, which are political or which are, you know, kind of on a bigger scale. It's just an incredible thing. And even beyond that, I think this thing of inheriting, this meekness invites and indeed, and indeed ushers in um, the kingdom that Jesus came to reclaim. If you remember back from two weeks ago, we started in Matthew 4. Matthew 4, Jesus is uh, tempted by the devil, overcomes Satan, uh, goes into this time of um, uh, uh, announcing the, the coming of the kingdom. And then um, he has this incredible kingdom ministry at the end of Matthew 4. And then we get to the Beatitudes, which we're talking about. 
And I quoted this one. I, li- I like it so much, I'm going to quote it again. Of N.T. Wright, he says, When God wants to sort out the world, to put it to rights once and for all, He doesn't send in the tanks as people often think He should. He sends in the meek. And by the time the high and mighty realize what's happening, the meek, because they are thinking about people other than themselves, have built hospitals, founded leper colonies, looked after the orphans and the widows. There is something incredibly countercultural to go back to Matthew's first word you know, about being meek, which will set us aside, which will, which will place us even at risk, but which will invite the presence of the kingdom of God, which is what this whole teaching is all about, this outworking of this magnificent thing that Jesus has just offered to us and brought towards us. So remember sort of the context of how all those things happen. We, we remember, you know, sort of Jesus was offered by the devil all sorts of shortcut ways, you know, kind of if you could just do this, if you just do this, then all these great things could happen. But he rejected all of those things in favor of the life that he shows us, the teaching that he gives us of not giving way to, I don't know, anger or manipulation or, or you know, ungodly methods, but offering alternate routes to moving ahead in life and to being the people that God calls us to be instead of dog eat dog or survival of the fittest or, you know, kind of I, I, must, I must be strong at your expense, the sort of world perhaps that we live in. And Jesus says we inherit, we invite the kingdom, we see the kingdom come when we live the Beatitudes, when our meekness is our call, when our meekness is our destiny, when our meekness is enough, when our meekness is our invitation. When our strength under control is able to be seen, then we will inherit the earth. We'll inherit the blessings of the kingdom, of the things that God is wanting to do in our life. As he taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Meekness is something that we will wrestle with in our life. And so as we come to an end this morning, I'd love you to stand. And we're just going to spend a few minutes just in prayer. So let's just stand. And just while we're standing and praying, that song we're singing in this series, The Kingdom is Yours, is going to play. And, and there are some interesting lines in there that you might see. Sorry, it's just stopped on. So if you can jump me to my next one, that would be great. Um, but it'll go, Blessed are the ones who walk in kindness, even in the face of great abuse. Blessed are the deeds that go unnoticed serving with unguarded gratitude. And just as a window uh, ahead, blessed are those for tonight with Jackie who fight for justice, longing for the coming day of peace. Blessed is the soul that thirsts for righteousness, welcoming the last, the lost, the least. And then finally, importantly in the chorus, the kingdom is yours. The kingdom is yours. Hold on a little more. This is not the end. Hope is in the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. So let's just Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.